more wood? Oh, yeah. You are now listening to Blast Burn Radio. everyone and welcome to another episode of blast burn radio i am your host jolly by nature and with me today are our hipster friends our indie band co-hosts celeste and messer engine uh, thanks for joining me today guys how's it going i'm pretty damn good i've been on vacation that meant i was relaxed and i got to sleep a whole bunch it's been fantastic i also got to see my niece yesterday for the first time, I got to hold her, and it was real great. She is a cutie. Well, I'm very, very happy for you, Messer and Jim, but I'm also very confused. I have no idea where the lovable grump that we've come to know and tolerate is. <laughs> it's called non-working mez, but it's okay. I've got all the grump for him because I'm the exact opposite of where he's at at the moment. So how was your week, Celeste? <laughs> <laughs> that was my week. I don't want to go into all of it, but I kind of had a breakdown earlier in the week, and that's where my week started. No, oh, I'm sorry. He's okay. Yeah, that really stinks. I'm I'm probably somewhere in a firm middle ground. I'm doing pretty okay, but I've I've got real whiny kids and I'm starting to feel kind of cruddy, so that's not so good. I've had to for the last solid 2 weeks, I I have every single evening my 4-year-old wants to put on her Halloween costume and go trick or treating, and I have to explain to her that it is not yet Halloween and she cannot go trick or treating and she sobs. Every goddamn evening and there are still what 32 left to go before I can say, "Yes, sweetheart, let's put on your pink Power Ranger costume. Let's go trick or treating." So the end <laughs> is not remotely in sight. That Holy is... shit, there are 32 days left to go. You are so <laughs> It's fun. not even October yet. But that is absolutely adorable, even though it is mentally draining. That is adorable. Yep, yep, that is that is my goddamn life right now. Well, that and trying to keep up with all of the goddamn Pokemon news, we chose a hell of a time to bring our show to a bi-weekly schedule because now we're piling on double the news and release season for Pokemon Let's Go is truly upon us. It seems like we sometimes don't go more than a day without some new discovery. Uh, so what have we learned over the last two weeks? Let's find out in this week's Pokemon news. Here is the Poke News. It's the Poke News. All right, guys. So, quick reminder that while the September Year of Legendaries giveaway is complete, it is done, it is finished, and we have not yet uh, received the details for the October giveaway, we do have an active Pokemon giveaway currently. Uh, there is a giveaway event for Shiny Poipole, which is active through the 15th of October. Uh, these Poipole come at level 40 with the moveset Venom Drench, Nasty Plot, Poison Jab, and Dragon Pulse. This giveaway is active through retail here in the U.S. at GameStop stores. In the U.K., it's distributed at Smith's locations, and in the rest of Europe, it's being distributed via code in September's Trainers Club newsletter. So be sure to get out and get yours while supplies last. In addition, we do know that we are getting yet another giveaway in October. They are making it rain Pokemon, y'all. Uh, although the details for this one are still currently pretty scarce. 
The mythical Pokemon Zeraora is finally up for distribution at retail from October 1st through November 15th. Uh, this giveaway is intended to tie in with the release of the upcoming Pokemon trading card game set, Lost Thunder. Which is kind of strange. It seems like they just released the last Pokemon trading card game set, but here we fucking are. Uh, these Zeraora will match those previously distributed in Japan. They will come at level 50 and holding the air balloon uh, with a moveset of Plasma Fist, Thunder Punch, close combat and thunder now in europe it has been confirmed that this giveaway will be through the retailer game mania as well as at certain regional events in various countries throughout europe uh, no details have been released about the north american giveaway at this time so keep your ears to the ground and we will be sure to update you on the next episode but finally guys we get our edge cat that okay edge cat at least it's not bite cat it's pretty okay. It's less shit than I expected it to be. And what more can you reasonably ask for? <laughs> the lens through which we view life. <laughs> now, speaking of our boy Zeriora, our furry bait boy, this week tickets became available for the limited theatrical run of the newest Pokemon movie, Pokemon the Movie, The Power of Us. Uh, this the theatrical run is brought to you by the folks at Fathom Events, and participating theaters will have showings on Saturday, November 24th, Monday the 26th, Tuesday the 27th, and Saturday, December 1st. As we saw with last year's movie, however, it is entirely possible that if demand is high, additional showings will be added. If you'd like to check the participation of local theaters or pre-order your ticket, be sure to head over to fathomevents.com and get yours today. Once again, those tickets are available through fathomevents.com. I think I'm going to try to go. That's, that's my birthday week again, so that's kind of something nifty for me. And honestly, I like that they do this and so i feel like i should support it with my wallet so i'll i'll probably go if i can i don't know at all what my schedule is going to be around there so i guess for me it's going to be a wait and see i'm going to try to go i'd like to convince callie to go with me and that's going to be i don't know how that's going to go we'll see road trip come see me for my birthday <laughs> we could it's close to callie's birthday too Hey, there we go. Now, we did get a lot of new information regarding Pokemon Let's Go over the past couple of weeks, and most of it came from one of two sources. Uh, first of all, we got new trailers last week for Let's Go, which heavily featured the Go Park and Legendaries. Uh, here is what we learned from these trailers and from their surrounding press releases. The Go Park area allows for 20 separate Go Parks, and each of those Go Parks is able to hold up to 50 Pokemon transferred from Pokemon Go, which allows in total the Go Park to store up to 1,000 Pokemon at a time sent over from Pokemon Go. You are not likely to run out of storage in the Go Park anytime soon. There is no limit to the number of Pokemon Go accounts that you can link to your Let's Go save file. The linking is done via Bluetooth connection to your your device. Uh, when you transfer a Pokemon from Pokemon Go to Pokemon Let's Go, it cannot be returned. There are no transfers the other way, so be sure to transfer cautiously. That said, you are rewarded with a species candy in Pokemon Go, just like if you had sent it to the professor to be ground up, uh, I mean, for research. Research. Yes. <laughs> that candy research. 
That candy research, yes. Uh, you can also turn in your unneeded Pokemon from the Go Park in Let's Go for candy to use in that game as well, which is going to allow dedicated Go players to double their rewards, which I think personally is really smart design for this particular title. There is at least one mini game in the Go Park. Uh, the mini game that was displayed is available when you have at least 25 Pokemon of the same species in your Go Park, and it involves running around to round them up and return them to the target targets while avoiding disrupting Pokemon scattered throughout the play yard. Uh, in the demo specifically, this took the form of various ground type Pokemon tunneling and then popping out of the ground to scare the swarm of Pikachus and make them scatter. Performance in this minigame is rewarded with additional candy. We also saw the mechanics of legendary battles in Let's Go. Uh, we now know that you must battle them and KO them to gain the opportunity to capture them. So maybe kind of similar to raid battles in Pokemon Go. We also saw that these battles have a time limit. We did also see that, that capturing the legendaries should be somewhat challenging as the capture reticle was constantly moving on the screen. They, they showed Articuno being captured, for instance, and she was flying all over the screen. So aiming should be a chore there. They're not making it easy for you. Now, lastly, it has been confirmed that there will be various trainers from Alola scattered throughout the region and that they will trade for Alolan form Pokemon. So you may obtain Alolan Pokemon even if you do not play Pokemon Go and transfer them. Uh, what are your thoughts on this newest info dump, guys? What from these trailers stands out to you? From this stuff in particular, we haven't talked about the Cerebi stuff yet, but from this stuff in particular... You're absolutely right. The The design for the integration is really, really smart because, like, my wife plays Go all the time, and you're constantly just dumping Pokemon out of your phone to clear space so you can catch things and get candy, but this encourages you to have a Switch and to be rewarded for doing it that way instead of just sending it into the ether, and that's that's really, really good design and there's good incentive to do it and i think that they they thought a lot about this which to me is a really good indication that this wasn't a haphazard venture right this wasn't just something where they were like oh this will be cool you know we'll, we'll integrate it with go they actually thought about what that means and that's that's going to be good for both sides of this i think uh, and definitely get more people into let's go than would have if they did not go this route most of the stuff is with the pokemon go integrations and unfortunately um i'm tr i've tried multiple times to get back into pokemon go and i just can't i don't know why just so unfortunately my park is gonna be pretty empty I don't think you necessarily lose anything mm -mm. by not doing it i mean it's cool to be able to send over your stuff but you're not going to send over your really really good stuff because you can't get it back and go mm. so i mean if you have spare gyaradoses or dragonites hanging around because you play all the time then then maybe but if you don't if you just have one of those like i have one of my most powerful pokemon and go and that's about it you'll be sending over like small stuff to fill out your team most likely or routine stuff that's just all over the place and that'll help you fill out your decks which will be really really good 
Yeah, I, again, I think that there's some some really good design here, and and I totally agree with you, Mess. It it feels very much like these are things that they thought out and that they want to make this integration good, and it's not just a cash grab. And so that's that feels vindicating as as someone who has been kind of pushing back against a lot of the negative sentiment in the community towards these games. Like it's vindicating to know that they're trying. God damn it, I wasn't so sure you lost me with the buzzy buzz, but you're getting me back <laughs> with this. So good on good on you, Game Freak. Um, <laughs> you forgot about Splishy Splash. God fucking damn it, piece of shit, Splishy Splash. <laughs> All right, now if you were paying attention, this wasn't the only big chunk of news regarding Let's Go that we've gotten since our last episode. Uh, last week on Tuesday the 18th, a very select number of content creators and community figures living in the UK were given the opportunity by Nintendo and the Pokemon Company International to get hands-on gameplay time with Pokemon Let's Go. Uh, these folks got an extended two-hour demo going all the way to Pewter City Gym and the battle with Brock. They also got to demo an on-rails section of Route 6 specifically for the local co-op features. Now, luckily for us, one of these lucky community figures was Joe Merrick, the founder and webmaster of Serebii.net and quite possibly the most prolific and trustworthy journalist in the Pokemon community. Uh, thanks to Joe's passion and talent for great Pokemon journalism, we got a ton of information as a community out of Joe's time with the game. And he was actually able to take video, uh, which is available over at Serebii.net. So be sure to check that out if you're interested. There's about 30 minutes of gameplay up on the website and i think there's actually more to come that he had trouble rendering so get hype for that uh, thank you very much joe and sarabi for the great work that you do the whole community including us here at blastburn radio really really appreciate you so let's dive into it here's what joe was able to tell us from his time hands-on with let's go so he says that the battle system looks and feels exactly like Pokemon battles from other main series titles. Uh, Joe says that the IV system definitely appears to be present, though with limited playtime at low levels, it was impossible to say if it's identical to the established system or if it's been altered or, or simplified in any way. Uh, he was unable to say definitively how similar or different the EV system will be with the new emphasis on stat boosting candy. Joe did confirm that abilities in Helldive items are removed entirely from let's go for better or worse they just are while battles and capture both grant experience experience game seems to be weighted in favor of capturing rather than battling uh, various modifiers can grant additional bonuses to capture exp on top of the better exp they give naturally uh, defeated trainers also reward you with pokeballs to continue emphasizing capturing new pokemon Different Pokemon behave differently on the overworld, with some Pokemon ignoring the trainer and just going on about their lives, some aggressively charging, and some even fleeing from the trainer if they notice you. Uh, there is a mechanic for capture combos where you can capture the same species consecutively to build a combo, but it was unclear what exactly the incentive is to combo those captures. Uh, perhaps this works similar to Dexnav chaining in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, which would increase stats and eventually increase the chance for a shiny as you build that combo. But that is just, that's speculation based on what they've done in previous titles. There's no, there's no factual basis for that at this time. That's just the best guess. 
it appears that your partner Pokemon has substantially higher stats than wild-caught specimens of the same species, which is something that we had speculated, but it appears to hold weight. The base power of Eevee's new signature moves, Sizzly Slide, Bouncy Bubble, and Buzzy Buzz, are 90. Those ridiculous fucking moves are 90 base power. Sizzly Slide is a physical move, Bouncy Bubble and Buzzy Buzz are special moves. As shown in previous demos, you do have to capture a water or grass type Pokemon to enter Brock's gym. However, you do not have to use said Pokemon within the gym, which is an important distinction that shows that there is still the chance for new players to make and learn from their own mistakes and that there's still the potential for user generated difficulty and challenges. They're not going to on rails you into easy mode. When using the local multiplayer option, both players share the same pool of six Pokemon. The second player's following Pokemon is the second Pokemon in the party. Uh, the second player cannot interact with items, wild Pokemon, or trainers in the overworld. As with recent titles, each gender option for the player character has four different options for skin tones. So, oh, and I'm so sorry. This was actually, this was probably should have been in the first bullet point because it's battle system related, but I totally, totally forgot. The physical special split is wholly and fully in place. So while they have simplified many other battle mechanics, physical special split is here for better or worse, I think, obviously for better. For better. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, lastly, Joe concludes that while these games may not be compelling for the competitive audience, they are definitively core series Pokemon games and that any franchise Pokemon fan should enjoy them. I know that there's a lot to dissect here, guys. I was talking for a while and that's still only really a fraction. Uh, what are your thoughts on the information that we got out of Cerebi's demo playtime? I hate to be negative. I really do. The loss of abilities and held items is really disappointing to me. By a lot of things, I feel like those added a lot of needed complexity to Pokemon, especially with the view of our series and going through the old generations and then getting the Gen 3 and having to think about abilities and then Gen 2 added held items. And those are staples. Removing them in this, I get why they did it. They did it to make it easier. I understand that. But whenever a developer moves options, it just, it irks me. It, it, it's just my type of style. I don't like options being removed. So you're not wrong. And overall, I mostly agree with you there, but I'm trying to remain positive. And the outlook that I'm taking is that perhaps they're trying to give a more genuine Kanto experience, right? Those were not mechanics that existed in generation one. And perhaps if let's go becomes an ongoing series, as we've speculated, it might be. And as we kind of hope that it will be, um, that's my personal, you know, fingers crossed. I want it to be an ongoing series parallel to the main series. Then hopefully they'll add those mechanics back in as they were introduced in the main series. Maybe, but fire red leaf green had abilities and held items. Sure. But you got to remember too, that, they have to account for things that don't exist in Go right now. Like, that's part of it. You, If you're going to have those there, you need a way to determine what what it is when it's coming, transferring from your phone in. Like, this may have just been a technical challenge that they didn't want to tackle. Like, I understand where you guys are coming from, but a lot of the design here, and we talked about this in the last segment, is intended to be parallel with Go. It's it's a little bit of both, and we've been talking about that for a long time now. Let's just see what happens. Again, this is not core RPG. It's not core RPG. They've said it. <laughs> and and I'm not Let's looking at it like that. I just 
it makes me sad. And the thing is with the Lexco, the, the transfer is only one way. So that wouldn't really be that hard of a technical problem because it, on the transfer, they could do a randomized. Yeah, I suppose that they could. But if you're a Go player and you've never played a Pokemon game before and all of a sudden, poof, you're fucking, I don't know. What ability should I put in here? Klutz. <laughs> yeah, Klutz. I, but you know what I mean. You're all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm playing this game and now I have this. Why don't I have it and go? Like it, there's, I'm not saying that it's the greatest decision and I don't want to defend them 100%, but I think that there were reasons. And the fact that I, I put this out there and I want to be clear here, they have obviously thought about all of this. Their design is deliberate. It is well thought out. There is a reason they did not bring them over. I don't know what it is, but I guarantee you somebody had this discussion in a boardroom. Their other decisions have been mostly inspired, in my opinion, buzzy buzz aside. So, <laughs> I, I mean, let's just let's just see how it goes. Again, we haven't even touched these yet. Maybe it's fine without them. And then I'm going to continue down my negative train because, you know, I'm a negative Nancy. Um, uh, the experience system, I don't like it. I don't like that it is rewarding capturing over battling. It should be more balanced, in my opinion. You should be able to play the way you want, in my opinion. But again, I know why they're doing it. They're designing it for Go players, and Go players aren't used to battling for XP. But if it's going to be in the system, it should be far more balanced than what was said. Well, and to clarify... I don't think that he was saying that it's not, if anything, the way that I read it is that it was a close to 50-50 split that leaned more towards capture, not that it was overwhelmingly more EXP for, for capturing. But I mean, that being said, in a traditional Pokemon game, there's a limited number of trainers. What do you do when you're out of trainers to battle? You get your ass in the grass and you grind on wild Pokemon. You're doing the same thing, just instead of beating them to unconsciousness, you're catching them in a Pokeball and then feeding them to a grinder for delicious candy. I mean, that you then feed to them. <laughs> Which, I don't know. I don't like the candy mechanic. That's one of the reasons why I don't like Go. And that's me. Again, sorry. I'm sorry for being so negative about this game. Because I, I want to get this right now. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to play through of Eevee. I'm excited to play the game. I just... Don't like some of the systems, and we'll see how my opinion improves or is proven when it comes out. We'll see. I mean, I, my thoughts were mostly from the nearly 30 minutes of footage that was available on Serebii. A couple things. In the intro video, if you guys have watched it, the player character like looks at their hands like they're confused and like looks around their surroundings. It actually makes me wonder if your trainer is supposed to be your Go trainer transported into the Poke world by accident or on purpose. I don't know which, but it's not something that you would do if you got up in the morning. You wouldn't be like, I have arms. Maybe he just got some really, really good magic mushrooms, and he's just like, my hands, dude. <laughs> my hands, dude. Uh, second thing, the game is fucking beautiful. Like, getting to see this extended kind of, like, look at the footage was really relevatory for just how goddamn gorgeous it is. It's really pretty to look at. The, your rival looks like a smug asshole. Just seeing him in action, I was like, huh. You're kind of a dick. I mean, like, he's not super rude. It's the facial expressions that he gives. 
in the gym battle that they showed with Brock, Bulbasaur comes out to fight Onyx. And he vine whips Onyx. And any of us who have played through Gen 1, Gen 2, no, you vine whip it in instead. It's just gone. Uh, it didn't. It took three vine whips to kill that Onyx. So I'm kind of curious on how damage is being calculated. Like, it was still a super effective move. Like, that registered on the screen. But it definitely did not just wipe it off the face of the planet like I would have expected. So that was interesting. Also, as a point of note, uh, he had a Bulbasaur before the gym. So clearly, they're catchable in the grass somewhere. And one of the Japanese trailers that was not part of the Cerebi stuff this week, even though it is posted there, showed you being able to level up your Pokemon with candy as well. I don't, I don't think we mentioned that, but... I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, there's there's there was so much shit this week and so much of it was really cool. You're you're absolutely right, Mez. The the ambience, the the visual and audio presentation of these games are absolutely stellar. The soundtrack is literally just the Generation 1 Pokémon soundtrack but orchestrated. So good. It is really good. It's, it's phenomenal. Amazing. I'm I'm going to buy the album. And don't get me wrong, there's already, you know, Canto Symphonies, Canto Symphonies, there's already Pokemon Reorchestrated. It's a very, very good album that I already own. But this one is also really good, and they went in different directions, and it's just, ah, oh, I love music in Pokemon. This is phenomenal. I love it a lot. Oh, the fucking clothes are so good, too. Yeah. God damn. They're, yes, 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 they're yes, so yes. good. Easy. That's what I'm excited for for this game. The way it looks, the way it sounds, the ambience, just the environment, and the fashion. Everything is great and amazing. But what about Hoppy Frog? I mean, Hoppy Venusaur. Hoppy Frog, Hoppy Venusaur. It's a damn dinosaur, not a frog. Nah, it's best frog. Best frog, best boy. It was a uh, dinosaur. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited. I like it a lot. I liked just about everything that we saw a whole, whole lot. Uh, again, don't get me wrong. I I am a creature of habit. There are things that are new here that are concerning to me, but... This is the most alive that a Pokemon world has ever felt as a Pokemon world, if that makes sense. Like, don't get me wrong. Unova actually feels like a real, like, living, breathing place. And you guys are going to see more of that, I think, this week. Because the first time you go to Castelia City is, mwah, it's, it's wonderful. But Kanto in Let's Go feels like a real place where Pokemon live and have their own animal lives in a way that hasn't been true in a Pokemon title since Snap. And so that's really exciting, and I'm really looking forward to exploring it. Yeah, it's it's going to be so cool. I loved how in the footage, when they got to either Viridian City or Pewter City, like the camera pan to show you around the town, and like the people walking around the town, that was really, really cool. It's a small thing. But it makes the town seem more real and the people who live there seem more real. I don't know. It just, it really struck me. I, I do really like how when Joe went into Asbutt's house, it's still a single room with no beds and no doors. <laughs> like, how do people live here? <laughs> Here's a question. Can you name your rival? I didn't catch that. If not, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can. Like it was always just rival, but I'm pretty sure that that was either set by the demo or just what Joe set when he chose it. Uh, they didn't show like the intro, like here's professor Oak talking to you screens, but that would, that's my best guess because he was called rival everywhere. It's probably a yep. set name, which means that Asbutt will ride again. <laughs> Asbutt will ride again. Wah, wah. 
All right, guys. Now, I'm sure that you're wondering why and how we are so deep into the Pokemon news and we still have not even touched on Pokemon Go. Well, we saved it for last this week because, boy, it has been a week of triumph and tragedy in the Pokemon Go community. Uh, Messer Engine, what's been going on this week in Pokemon Go? (laughs) Shit, you guys. It has been a busy two-week period and there's a lot to unpack. So... Let's kind of start with a timetable. Uh, on Thursday, September 20th, uh, data miners located the image of a previously unreleased Pokemon in data traffic for Pokemon Go. This small Pokemon had a silvery lower body that looks similar to that of a Ditto, with a big golden nut for a head and an eye, with a floating pupil within it. It also features a small red tail. It replaced the data for the currently unreleased Kecleon within the game. Some immediately dismissed this image as a placeholder, but the level of detail and the fact that it came with a shiny variant sprite led many to believe this was a legitimately new Pokemon. Perhaps even the single new Pokemon tease for Pokemon Let's Go. And that it had been leaked by Niantic, well, being Niantic. Now... Saturday, September 22nd, was Community Day, featuring Chikorita. I hope you all got your mojito. We saw, in every region, starting with Japan, this new Pokemon spawning in absolutely massive numbers at the end of Community Day for about a one-hour period. These new Pokemon, nicknamed Nutto by the community, all turned out to be Ditto in disguise when captured. After the increased spawns ended, they remained available but became much more rare. This also immediately appeared to be a mistake, and a huge one at that, though several Niantic executives sent out tweets indicating that this was a tease, not a leak. However, it was really unclear whether this was true or simply just damage control, and the community was debating this for days. I... Niantic has fucked up so many things in the past, there was just no fucking way to know, you guys. Now, finally, on Tuesday the 25th, we got our answer in the form of a trailer with an official announcement for this Pokemon now revealed to be Meltan, our newest mythical Pokemon. This trailer was really interesting in that it featured both Professor Willow of Pokemon Go and Professor Oak featuring his Let's Go model. So here's what we know about Meltan so far. Meltan is a mythical Pokemon. We just told you that. How about that? It is a steel type and classified as the Hex Nut Pokemon. We got a teaser Pokedex entry which states, Most of Meltan's body is made from liquid metal, and its shape is very fluid. It can use its liquid arms and legs to corrode metal and absorb it into its own body. Meltan generates electricity using the metal it absorbs from outside sources. It uses this electricity as an energy source and also as an attack that can be fired from its eye. Clearly a curious Pokemon, Melton is very expressive and shows an interest in all kinds of things. Now, Melton's assets are stored as number 891, although this does not mean he is number 891 in the Pokedex, despite what some are reporting elsewhere. Several other Pokemon have asset numbers that do not match their Pokedex classification. Meltan will be released in Pokemon Let's Go, and screenshots of him in-game have been released. It appears from various teases that we've received that a trainer will need to play both Go and Let's Go to unlock Meltan in either game. 
Now, obviously, that was a lot of Meltan news. What are your thoughts, you guys, on our newest Pokemon friend? He's a squishy metal Cyclops. Um, and so that's kind of cool, I guess. I don't know. Like, I was I was firmly on Team Niantic done fucked up because how many times has Niantic done fucked up, guys? But it really does seem like this was really, really well planned and well executed, both of which are shocking to me. I am shocked that the Pokemon company trusted Niantic and Pokemon Go with something of this magnitude, and I'm also shocked that Niantic pulled it off without too much fuckery. It was only leaked 48 hours before the event, and, I mean, Game Freak can't even manage that with new game releases, so... Fucking good on you, Niantic, for once in your goddamn life. You didn't have a good week overall. We'll get there. But this you did real good at. Um, I don't know, man. Nutto's fine. Like, it's cool. It's a small, squishy, mythical. We have plenty of examples of those from the past. Hello, Mew. Hello, Celebi. I do think it's cool that it's a steel type in Let's Go because the Let's Go Pokedex is going to be very bereft of those because it's the Kanto Pokedex. I mean, other than the Magnemite line, there's not really going to be much steel available. So that's kind of a cool, neat thing. Um, It's also cool and neat that it requires both Go and Let's Go to get. I know that Celeste is probably chomping at the bit to bitch about that, and I get it. But for a game that's meant to integrate them, requiring you to play both to get something this cool just makes good sense and will hopefully get some some console players to play more go and vice versa and just be good for the pokemon community as a whole i think this is a good thing to be fair i wasn't gonna bitch about it i'm i'm sad that i'm gonna have to play it because i don't really like playing it but i know why they did it so i wasn't gonna bitch about it because yeah it's it makes sense for them to do it Mm, that cute little metal boy I don't know. He looks real weird to me. Also, when you said he's a, he's Cyclops, I immediately thought Cyclops from X-Men. And I went, no, <laughs> no. That was the reference I was making. And then I realized that you probably just thought I was talking about a literal Cyclops. <laughs> no, I, I I was thinking comic books. And that just ruined Meltan for me immediately. Thanks, Jolly. <laughs> now, anyways. Now give me a Gambit Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Now, if guys, I have more Pokemon Go news for you. This is like just Go Week news. It's it's crazy. It's terrible. Because if this were all that happened, we would be high-fiving each other and be real happy and impressed. But Niantic done a Niantic. So after all that, uh, there's a reason why everyone assumed Mel- the Meltan tease was actually a huge fuck-up. And it's it's not actually out of character, which we just discussed. So Niantic released an update for Pokemon Go this week, which was intended to, among other things, increase the transparency into where, when, and how EX Raid invites get distributed. Unfortunately, it also bugged the entire EX Raid system, leading to people being invited to EX Raids taking place in minutes uh, in gyms they had only visited once or sometimes never at all. And in some cases, thousands of miles away. Uh, this bug was eventually fixed, as you might imagine, but those bugged raid passes were revoked. Uh, by Niantic was unable to replace them with a valid EX raid pass. On the day that Deoxys and the new Mythic raid boss were released, no less. So, yeah, people people weren't super pleased. Niantic also released a bunch of new hats for trainers in Pokemon Go this week. Uh, And there is a known bug which can cause you to redeem a hat other than the one that you actually 
purchased. So, fuck you, Niantic. Good job. <laughs> Niantic gonna Niantic. Yeah, you're like, man, I really want this cool-ass fucking hat. And you buy it, and you just get a Magic Carp hat. No, you buy it, and you get a Doof hat. I think it's a Team Mystic goddamn conspiracy, because it's just like, <laughs> ah, I need, I need this awesome Instinct hat. It's like, nope, fuck you, you're wearing Mystic. You're wearing Mystic. It should just be a doof hat. That's how we would know that they listen to the podcast. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Uh, all right, guys, that was a ton of goddamn Pokemon news. This is going to be a hell of a long episode. I apologize for that. Uh, but it is what it is. So let's go ahead and jump into the meat of our show. Let's jump into our content, our week in Nuzlocke, or weeks in Nuzlocke. Yeah. Uh, So this was the second week of our Generation 5 series. This week saw our challengers beat up some toddlers on the playground, uh, taking all of their lunch monies, uh, chase some cultists into a cave to rescue a small girl's Pokemon. Uh, We made new friends, however begrudgingly, and explored a city full of hipsters. And ultimately, we all challenged Lenora in the Nacreen City Gym. Now, as always, our good friend Messer Engine was up first to play this week. So, Mess Buddy, how was your week in Nuzlocke gameplay? Mm, that's a good question. My week started off with really needing to make up some ground. I, I did reasonably well in PvP. Uh, last week, I managed to keep everybody basically to a, to a one win by winning one match, which was unexpected. And I really needed to get some new friends uh, and try, 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 try to hard mode this gym so I could uh, either at least maintain the distance that I was behind or make some gains. Now, if you remember last week, last chapter in gameplay, my starter died to fucking Bidecat, which was awful. I, I mean, I got a a self-cooking pig corpse in return, but that, that was, that was about it. So we went on a hunt for new friends first and foremost, and we got some encounters. We're actually going to be able to field a full team of six this week because we were able to get three good new friends. And because I don't have seven, that meant I was not going to have to bench general pepper this week, which is frankly fucking fantastic. We caught a dove. As our first encounter, which is not what we wanted. Padov is such a garbage Pokemon, but whatever. We named her Medley. She's a sassy bird, so she's not even, like, fast. She's she's a slow, fucking dumbass bird. Which which is not, not super great at all. We went into the cave, and there was a lot of debate while we were in there on what we wanted to do in the cave. Because there is an opportunity for a rock and roller in there or you could get what is it a fucking woobat fucking woobat fucking woobat uh or you could go get yourself uh, a drillbur in shaky ground drillbur's like really really cool i could name him mr Rossetti, you guys that's like fucking great mr Rossetti, gonna dig you a fucking grave but at, at the end of the day we decided that the 50 50 chance for the wrong and roller so that we could make hard mode possible was uh, best option that we could take and we went for it and we got it our encounter was a rock and roller who we named Bobom, which is really really a good name for that pokemon because he looks like a Bobom from mario and he can learn explosion like how perfect is that that's just absolutely wonderful he is a naive he is a speedy rock uh, which is to say not speedy at all but we're super pleased about that pickup. 
And we also caught uh, outside uh, pin- Pinwheel Forest uh, a Tim Pole, who we named Slippy for Slippy Toad uh, in Star Fox. And Celeste was watching at the time and she made a comment that I was a crazy person to name my Tim Pole Slippy because Slippy is always in fucking danger and screaming, usually in a fiery death, crashing into a planet somewhere in Star Fox 64. So that's somewhat worrisome. Tim Pole is serious. Uh, or slippy slippy toad is serious uh, but is a, a welcome addition to the roster now along these journeys we had to fight with team plasma which i uh, wasn't too bad honestly there was one doubles battle that which kind of was like eh, i don't uh, i don't know <laughs> doubles battle spoopy don't like it very much we also had a moment uh outside pinwheel forest where we were doing trainers and i fucking ended up with bodcat again Zach was in my stream. He's like, no fucking way. Like a second time. The only difference was that I went first. I was faster. So it did not turn into a nightmare disaster. But it easily could have. That was really scary. I was like, what? This is going to be awful. Lenora is no fucking joke. I've never played these games, but I've heard a lot of people talk about her and talk about her signature move, Retaliate, which doubles in power if you use it the turn after a Pokemon has died. And she's running a Herdier uh, and a Watchhog uh, in her in her gym, which is frankly terrifying. That Herdier in particular is just devastating with takedown. So we had to do some planning to prepare and what we ended up doing is we were concerned about getting slept on our switch in to Babom. So we gave Babom a chesto berry just in case. We did not want to get hypnosis and then just kick the shit out of out of while we were napping. And we also led with Funky Kong, our pan sage for leech seed, so that as much damage as that Herdier was going to be doing to the team, we would be recouping some of that health as we went and because we were good good boys and went and collected berries we had a citrus berry we had two citrus berries and a bunch of orange berries to take into the gym uh we actually almost made a very well we did make a very severe poor judgment call but it didn't cost us funky kong came out dropped the leech sheet which was great took a shit ton of damage from takedown ate its berry and healed off a leech seed and i thought to myself eh, i can stay in one more hit yeah he brought me down to five hp on that fucking takedown that was almost a fucking disaster but it wasn't and we we saved the monkey and he got out of there scot-free we did end up bringing in the rog and rolla after way too long like it was so bad you guys because that Herdier got a potion. Lenore used a potion on him. So it was just takedown central all the time. Every move, takedown, takedown, takedown. And it hits so hard. Hits so hard. Uh, Watchhog, when it came out for Lenora, actually did click retaliate correctly uh, instead of some other move. And it hit my rock for a shit ton of damage, even though it resisted. Good fucking lord. At the end of the day, we were able to take out the Watchhog and get our gym badge and our sweet 50 points, which was fantastic. I'm pretty happy with my encounters. It would have been better, in my opinion, if I had picked up a sock in the 
pinwheel forest exterior just for PvP purposes, but Tim Pole's a good boy. Slip, Slippy's technically a good girl. And, yeah, all in all, it was a good week. It couldn't have turned out better for us. We didn't have any losses. We filled out the team. We got some good encounters uh, for PvP, and we got our 50 points. Much better than last week by comparison. Well, good. I'm glad that went well for you, Mess. Um, as for myself, I was, of course, up to play second, and it was a real salty week for me, guys, but... Hopefully not for the reasons you're expecting. Like, I'm sure there's a whole crowd of you out there who are just like, oh, Lord, jolly salty. What the fuck happened? It chill, guys. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) So we had three encounters on our table this week, uh, which was kind of a mixed blessing. Uh, We had three possible encounters, which as long as nothing died, put our total number of Pokemon up to seven. The reason that's a mixed blessing is that means that we now have more than six, which means something can go to the bank. And by our rule set, that something had to be Synthroid, which was our our Lillipup, now uh, Herdier. As long as I have six other living Pokemon, and as long as that remains Celeste's franchise tag, I cannot use him. Which is frustrating, because... You know, even though it's terrible that Mess lost his sweet baby starter and had to make those baking pancakes, Mess gets to use his herdier this week. I do not. And that sucks. So I was really, really hoping to get some good encounters to help balance that particular bit of bad fortune. Uh, Our first encounter was on Route 3. And there wasn't a whole lot of stuff available. Um, the odds were that we were going to get a P-Dove. We might get a Blitzel. There was a very small chance at a Purloin. We got our encounter, and it was the P-Dove, which isn't great. I would have rather had the Blitzel, but getting a P-Dove here at least makes it dupes for elsewhere. So it was one of those shrug your shoulders, throw your hands up. It's it's fine. She's She's a fast bird. But she has bad IVs and she has a bad ability, so she's really pretty shit, frankly. Uh, We named her Leviquin, which is a type of antibiotic. But it also felt appropriately birdie, because it's like Leviosa. It's Leviquin. Yeah, it's good. I like it. I'm I'm witty to myself, at least. Um, so we we fought Charon, which was mostly unremarkable, and then we followed him into the Wellspring Cave to save that little girl's Pokemon, and we had our encounter in the Wellspring Cave. Now, I talked last week about how this was really interesting to me because every instinct in my body was screaming at me to throw a goddamn rappel up and go get that Drillbur. But my franchise tag is Axew, to get an Axew, I need to, if I at all possibly can, dupes out the Rog and Roller line and the Woobat line, both of which were available in the Wellspring Cave. So even though Drillbur would have been more immediately and long-term useful than probably either of those Pokemon, certainly more than the Woobat, I had to try to get one of those so I could try to get my tag Pokemon later. So I had my fingers crossed. I was praying for that fucking rock. And I got a stupid fucking bat. I got the goddamn woo bat. And so cursing and shaking my goddamn fists, we caught our woo bat and we named him Zyprexa, which is an antipsychotic medication because he is driving me fucking crazy. <laughs> and he is careful natured. I think it's, it's a, it's an attack down nature. 
or a special attack down nature, which is less than ideal, but it is what it is. He's fine. He's he's fine, I guess. He's got Klutz, which is like the worst ability in the fucking game. It's just like, hey, you know those cool item things? You can't use those. But whatever. It's on it's on the dupes table now. So that's that's fine, right? We finished our business in the cave. And we made our way to Nacreen City, which has a bunch of hipster artists living in warehouses, which is kind of weird. Like, it's based off of one of the boroughs of New York. I forget which one. The hipster one. It's based on where the hipsters live. And that is very apparent. But we explored the city. We got some cool stuff. And we headed out the other side to get our pinwheel forest exterior encounter. Our, our encounter outside of the pinwheel forest. There was some really dope shit available here and this is the one that i was really really excited for i could get a throw which is the big dude who looks like fucking ernie from sesame street who just fucking like sumo wrestles shit he's real cool like grimace 2.0 that would be dope i could also get a timber i could get a big veiny penis boy and that's real exciting i like the timber line a lot actually even though it's super weird and yeah i kind of you are ruining that line for me by the way it's He's got big veiny cock arms. I don't know what to tell you. Like that's he's he's a fucking penis monster, but he's he's awesome. So I don't care. I stepped into the grass. I took three steps, and I somehow hit grass that was shaking as soon as it started shaking. And I got a fucking Audino. I named her Selexa, which is an antidepressant because I wanted to cry. But silver linings, Selexa is bulky as fuck has a defense-increasing nature, and has Regenerator. So that bitch gonna live. <laughs> she gonna live for fucking days. So I was a pillar of salt at this point because none of my encounters went how they wanted them to. And I was just I was just looking at that that 0-2 PvP week at the end of the week. I was just, I was, <laughs> it was staring me in the fucking face all night Tuesday. I'm just like, fuck me. How am I gonna win with this bullshit? But... I, I went on, I kept on keeping on, and we leveled and trained our boys. Lasix evolved into a Duot, which is super hype. Duot is, in my opinion, the pinnacle of coolness for that particular evolutionary line. Like, Samurott's, like, neat, he's cool and all, but Duot's this crazy fucking ninja otter, and that's badass. I like him a lot. He gets Razor Shell, which is a really dope move. I, I love our starter. I love Lasix. Um, we also evolved Lipitor into a Watchhog, which I am much more lukewarm about. Lipitor is a good boy. I'm happy with the way Lipitor is performed. I still hate that fucking Pokemon. So it's it's an odd feeling for me. Uh, and we evolved Zyprexa. Zyprexa decided that she loved me real, real fast. And she became a Swoobat. So she is now Bat 2, Bat Harder. I still don't like her, but she's here, so it's fine. And ultimately, we had to decide how the fuck we were going to do Lenora because we didn't have a fighting type to sweep through her fucking gym. We didn't have a rock type to just soak the hits. We had to fucking figure out how to do this shit, how to do it legit. Not to say that Mess's strategy was not legit, but we had no cheese to use. None. Like, it was just, we're going to do neutral damage and we're going to take neutral damage across the fucking board, right? 
stab neutral damage for the most part. Yeah, exactly. So ultimately, the strategy that we wound up going in with is we were going to have to lean on Lipitor, our Watchhog. Um, because again, as Mess mentioned, her signature move is Retaliate. It deals double damage on a turn after something is KO'd. So when her Watchhog came out, there is a one in four chance that the stupid fucking computer AI is actually going to click the correct move and just blow you the fuck back. Even as bulky as Selexa was, I wasn't sure that Selexa could live a 140 base power stab retaliate. That's that's asking a lot. <laughs> so, our Watchhog new detect, which is protect with a different name and less PP, right? So we were like, okay, if we can KO the Herdier with Lipitor, then Lipitor can use Detect turn one, and then suddenly that Retaliate is only a 70 base power move with 5 PP, which is much more manageable at that point. But that meant that Lipitor had to KO that Hurtier, and that Hurtier is strong. It is strong as fuck. Hurtier is quite possibly the single most threatening Pokemon at this particular level range in this game, which is why I'm so shitty that Mess still has one. But... <laughs> Whatever. So ultimately what we did is we led with Zithromax, our Panseer, who is real, real bad right now, but he's fast and he has Yawn. And that's what we leaned into. Uh, turn one, we clicked Yawn, the Hurtier leered, which we were just like, oh shit, Panseer has a defense down nature. He's now suffered a leer against the murder dog. Get the fuck out. And we swapped out immediately into Selexa who also ate a leer on the switch. And then the dog went to sleep. So there were some leers. Yes. Celeste, but that's not all that fucking happened. That's not the whole story. <laughs> there were five. Yep. There were five. <laughs> Instead of retaliates, they were leer or not retaliates. Takedowns. There were leers. Besides which, didn't Mess lose two Nuzlocks specifically to Leer in these games? So let's not let's not bullshit here. Um, <laughs> so Dog went to sleep, and Selexa. I clicked Secret Power, and it blew that dog the fuck back. She got a crit and a deal. It dealt ninety percent to that Hurtier. So we were just like, damn. This is about as good of a spot as we could possibly hope to be in. The dog is asleep. It's at ten percent health. Bring the Watchhog out. Finish it off. Let's do it. I'm a dumb fuck. I didn't think about the fact that she was going to potion that fucking dog. She potioned that dog. So now our watchhog was looking at a dog with full health. So I'm like, well, shit. So I decide to bulk up. I'm like, you know what? We can get one to two bulk ups off, maybe even three before it wakes up. And then hopefully use that to get in a really good place for the rest of the battle. So we use bulk up twice. Dog woke up click takedown and dealt about 55% to the watch hog in a single hit. He ate his berry. Like he, he was okay, but it hurt. It hurt a lot. So we're just like, okay, well shit. We click crunch. And that one crunch was able to just from, from the recoil damage, take that dog the fuck down. Uh, Lipitor was not fucking around after two workups. Then the watch hog comes out. We click detect we, we followed our safe strategy. I'm pretty sure it clicked Leer anyway, so it didn't ultimately wind up mattering. But it could have, and we neutralized it regardless with good strategy. Um, and then at that point, we just switched out a Lipitor because it wasn't, despite being boosted, it wasn't worth the inherent risks of being already so low in health. So we swapped into Selexa, who ate a hypnosis on the swap and went to sleep, which was real unfortunate. And then she ate a couple of stab retaliates while she was snoozing. 
for anyone who doesn't know, in Generation 5, sleep mechanics work a little bit differently than they do in other Pokemon games. And if you swap while asleep, the sleep counter resets. So we really didn't want to swap Sleeping Selexa out until she woke up, because if she had to come back in, it would be like she had just fallen asleep again. And that's not great. Um, so we sat there and we waited until she woke up, got a single hit off, and then swapped back out for that regenerator health. And ultimately, Lasix, our good boy Duot, clicked Razor Shell and murdered the shit out of that rat. And we picked up our 50 sweet PvP points. So it was a mixed bag of a week for you, boy. Gameplay went flawless. We got our points. We didn't lose anybody. But God damn it, our encounters were garbage. And I'm still really kind of shitty about them. But these are the boys that we have for at least two more fucking weeks. Because guess what? We only get one encounter this week. Fuck you, Game Freak. <laughs> Celeste, how was your week in, in Nuzlocke this week? Um, my week was pretty good. Um, I got some things I wanted, some things I didn't. So let's start. We got through the kindergarten playground or whatever. We didn't go on the slide like Jolly did. We didn't say we multiple times. That was that was a <laughs> that was a glorious moment for Jolly, and I didn't want to copy. Um, but <laughs> no, we got through all the trainers, the doubles battles. That was a really fun slide. Thank you. <laughs> so the doubles battles were kind of spoopy, but they just had freaking cats. It wasn't bad. We got through all that. We find out this little girl's Pokemon stolen. We follow the cultist into there. Um, but before that, we stopped off to catch our first Pokemon. I was hoping it would be our good, good doggo friend. Unfortunately, I got a bird because, you know, I'm queen of birds. At least my bird didn't have big pecs. It actually has the move, the ability that gives it more critical hits, which is kind of cool. Unfortunately, but Dove, for some reason, even though its best moves are special attack moves, it's a physical bird and it makes no bloody sense. So Padov is kind of weird. I'm going to try to use it. It'll be interesting. We'll see what happens. We followed them to the cave. I thought about getting Drillbur, but I really wanted a rock. Like, I want a rock. I didn't I, I didn't want a Swoobat, but I wanted a rock. So I went ahead and tried to catch something. Woobat appears. I catch it. No issue. We name it New. And I named my Padov. I even forgot to mention that. It's, its name is Floop. These are all programming languages, and they're great names. <laughs> Floop is an amazing name for a bird. Floop, 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 da whoop. <laughs> and so, floopy bird. We we caught our our uh, woobat and named it New, which is just N U. And then beat up some cultists, got the Pokemon back, picked up our thief TM, moved out, went down south to try to find our last Pokemon encounter. I was expecting to get a temple like Mez. I wasn't expecting to get an Audino because I was watching, paying attention for grass. I walk in. Sock appears. And that's amazing. It ended up being a sturdy sock. I named him Powerhouse. His stats are amazing. I am very excited to use him in PvP. He's a very big advantage, especially since Mez has that herd ear, which is so scary. And so we got all that. All that was left was to prepare for the gem. I thought about it for a while. I was thinking about doing hard mode when that night ended. And then the next week, I came into Thursday, and I was in no place this week to do hard mode at all so i figured you know i'd easily cut through the uh trainers in the gym and then i had a strategy for dealing with the gym leader because even though i had a fighting type that herdier hits really hard and sturdy's not going to save me if i uh get hit by the herdier if i remember how it works correctly 
so my strategy was to start with my starter, my Python, and use Leech Seed. And Leech Seed would give me some health and some extra hits. I was able to get a couple hits off with Python, but Retaliate really hurts. And so I had to switch into my Panpour, finished it off with Panpour, and then I switched into Sock to take the Retaliate hit. And of course it doesn't use Retaliate. All that preparation for nothing, all that using easy mode instead of hard mode, I could have done. I could have probably done hard mode if it worked out the same way, but you know, my luck, if I did hard mode, it would have been retaliate and it would have one-shot something. But, um, so I go into that, and yeah, I take down that watch hog with no issue because fighting moves just kind of wreck it. It did take two hits, though, so Sturdy wouldn't have saved me on that. I would have had to swap out into something else, but it worked out. Yeah, it lived on a sliver. <laughs> A sliver of health. It was that guy, like, just beat the shit lying on the ground, like, bleeding. Still alive, but just barely. It was there. It got hit by the kick, and it was like, I'm still here. Punch. <laughs> oh, my heart. It's just a flesh wound. Falls over. Oh, God. You hit that thing so hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so that was my week. It was it was okay. I, I, I accept the less points for not doing hard mode. It puts me tight with Mez, and I'm I'm good with that. I mean, you gotta accept it. That's what you did. <laughs> I don't need your sass. <laughs> At the end of this week, when you're done with Lenora, you go out, and Team Plasma's like, we're stealing this Dragonite skull, and we just let them. I, why, we just watch. Why are they stealing it? Like, it is no value. They're gonna wear it as a helmet. A really, really they're, fucking They're, they're making helmet. a giant Cubone. They're making a giant Cubone. They're it's gonna a Cubone summon. dragon. The Godzilla version of fucking Cubone. Ground dragon type. It just bonerangs the whole city. <laughs> it can use the freaking uh, bone and just wreck everything. Uh, so it's just Garchomp with a fucking skull on his head? With a bone. <laughs> with, with a bone, yeah. yeah. You got it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that is week two in the books. And for the very first time in Generation 5, not that that's saying much, we're only two weeks in. But for the first time in Generation 5, we had no deaths. So fuck you, Reaper. You ain't taking none of our boys. I'm out of bacon. <laughs> Alright guys, so that was our week in gameplay, but as always, we weren't the only ones playing. This week did bring another series of email updates from our good friends playing along at home. Uh, firstly, this week brought our first ever email from a longtime listener, Ghost Rider. Celeste, would you read Ghost Rider's email for us, please? Sure, Ghost Rider says, Greeting members of Blastburn, I have been listening to the podcast since I started my current job back in March. Mostly because it's the only Nuzlocke podcast on Google Play. But it's fun to hear about the misadventures of the crew as they journey through the region, sharing your victories and losses. Nuzlocke's brought me back to Pokemon after a very long absence, especially thanks to gifted storytellers. Look up Manic on the Nuzlocke forums. He's amazing. I tried doing Nuzlocke of Black version previously, but doing that with a version I've never played before turned out to be a bad idea. Especially for a filthy, <laughs> filthy casual like me. I have some idea of what IVs and EVs are, but I can't bring myself to care. Your entry to Unova has prompted me to resume my non-Nuzlocke run, and I have recently beaten the fourth gem. My team currently consists of Devon the Whirlipede, Goliath the Girder, Luke the Servine, Crush the Tortuga, Brandon the Sandile, and Roxanne the Zebstrika. While Roxanne ended up being the MVP of the Electric Gym match, she's been so fragile that I need to replace her, though I'm reluctant to do so. 
I'm currently considering Luciel, my recently caught Gothelia. I'm glad you guys are doing this, and thanks for sharing it with us. Maybe Unova will be the end of Mezzer's long reign, provided Jolly doesn't screw up again. Though personally, I keep rooting for your underdog Celeste. I shall close this letter with the three tenets of Nuzlocke. Never give up, never forget, grind like hell. Ghost Rider. Thanks, Ghost Rider. I, I think, anyway, uh, we, we appreciate you listening, and we absolutely love that you've been inspired to visit Unova again, so thank you for that. Now, this week also brought our first ever email from another listener and friend of the show, Mikey of Pokemon Crossroads. Uh, Mess Buddy, would you read Mikey's email for us, please? Yeah, absolutely. Also, as a point of note, Mikey, awesome. Thank you for sending this. Like, we check out your site a whole lot, so super, super excited. Uh, Hello, dear Nuzlockers. I have been listening regularly to your podcast since your Hoenn Expedition. Perhaps I should have emailed sooner, but I just kept forgetting. Now you have finally hit Generation 5 in the Unova region. The Generation 5 games are perhaps my favorite Pokemon games, from the complete 180 with design, graphical, and region, to the robust story, these games have gone the most replays from me. So when you guys started your playthrough for Black and White, I am now even more eager to hear how this series will go. Granted, your playthrough has inspired me to play through Unova one more time. Now, my original playthrough was with Black. I have decided to go ahead and pick up White and give that one a try. I am not going to play it as a Nuzlocke because that isn't my style, though I am taking the time to admire the region one more time, just like I hope you guys are, even with such high stakes. Currently, I am in Nimbasa City, but I am already seeing some of your op- opening thoughts. The AI seems to be a bit more bloodthirsty compared to later games. Even then, the game has still been enjoyable to play. Best of luck in your series. I hope you all enjoy the series. Mikey. P.S. I am rooting for Jolly, but it can be painful, especially after his last wife. Now, look, you guys, I'm, I'm here to have a fun time. I feel attacked right now, personally. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need everybody to just chill, okay? Can we just have a good, chill time with our friends? Please? Apparently not. (laughs) Uh, Thank you very much for your email, Mikey. We really appreciate it. And we do appreciate all the support that you've given to the show over the months. So thank you very much for all of that as well. Now, this week also brought another email from good friend of the show, Tom Archard. Uh, I'll go ahead and read Tom's email. He writes... Fucking bide, cat! Hey everyone, just checking in to let you know how my weekend as Lock has been. I've had a busy couple of weeks and only made it by with the skin of my teeth, but I made it nonetheless with mixed results. I ended up picking up a Blitzel, Woobat, and Pidove this week. One of those is better than my encounters, so good for you. <laughs> I'm only happy about Blitzel, yeah, me too, as I was really hoping for a Drillbur and either a Temple or a Timber. I ended up meeting my match against a Timber in a trainer battle on Challenge Rock and lost both my Woobat and Squeaky the Panpour. I really don't care all that much. Here's the team thus far. Viney the Servine, Flappy the Padove, Scouty the Watchhog, and Ziggy the Blitzel. Hope you guys had a better week than I have, Tom. Thank you very much for your email, Tom. I am sorry for your losses, but we're super glad that you're playing along and that you're having a blast. I honestly don't blame you. I don't know how much I could mourn for a pan pour either, honestly. Mmm, that pan pour. All right, now lastly this week brought another email update from community moderator and first ever champion of the Blastburn Radio Pokemon League, Flame and Air. Uh, Messer Engine, would you read Flame's email for us, please? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Flame says, hey there, BBR crew. Flame and Air checking in for Chapter 2 of Unova. Our gameplay continued along with yours, and we faced off against Lenora. Thankfully, we all got through without losing anyone, and our teams are starting to look pretty different. Here's the current lineups. Flame and Air has Tybalt, the Pig Knight, Ink Eyes, the Watchhog, Thrun, or Thrun, yeah, the, the Pansage, uh, Inoch, the Herdier, or Enoch, you even put the phonetics in there for me, and I skipped right over it because I suck. Soren the Swoobat, Runetail the Adino or Adino, I never can decide. Bliss is running Lucky the Servine, Mugsy the Herdier, Croy the Lipard, Bubbles the Panpour, Deanna the Pedove, Mo the Roggenrola, and Greg the Timber. And Aliara is running Mantena the Duwat. Trapjaw, the Herdier, Battlecat, the Lipard, Gygor, the Panseer, Cyclone, the Blitzel, Man-at-Arms, the Drillbur, and He-Man, the Sock. Uh, Aliara swept in PvP this week, and I picked up a win against Bliss, leaving our point totals as follows. Aliara at 290, Flaming Air at 240, Old School Bliss at 230. Looking forward to Chapter 3. Best of luck to everyone playing along. Flaming Air. Awesome. Thank you very much, Flame, and congratulations on your early dominance, Aliara. Uh, now, you guys came out for us this week. This wasn't actually all the emails we received. We also got an email from our good buddy, Zach, who might be a familiar face if you frequent our Discord or our Twitch streams. Uh, Zach wanted to update us on a near wipe he experienced when making his way through Victory Road in his own Pokemon Black Nuzlocke. He actually lost half of his team to a fully buffed Belly Drum Darmanitan, which is horrifying, frankly. And he's now at the end of the game, grinding three new members out of the box, which are his Frillish, his Darumaka, and his Mindfu. I absolutely understand how incredibly frustrating it is to try to level something new at the very tail end of the game. And I hope you stick with it, Zach. You're at the very end uh, and we're all wishing you luck. And we are all going to be very careful about that Darmanitan when we reach Victory Road. So thank you. <laughs> now... If you are a proud member of the Blastburn Nation like Zach or Flame or Mikey, Ghost Rider or Tom, and you're playing along with us at home or just following the show, remember that we do want to hear from you. Be sure to get at us by email or through social media, and we will share your messages with our community because, as always, we are all in this together. All right, guys. Well, it is that time yet again. Our week is in the record books. We have... No dead to mourn, but we have commiserated with our friends who had far worse fates than we, and we are ready to pit our teams against each other in combat. Now, coming into PvP after our second week of gameplay, a flawless week and hard mode gym victory puts myself, Jolly by Nature, alone in first place for the first time this series and for a good long while uh, with a score of 230 points. That said, I don't exactly have a lot of breathing room as both Messer Engine and Celeste are right on my heels. They are tied in second place with a score of 210 points. Now, last week's big winner in PvP does defend first, but this week there, there wasn't one. We each won one match. So as our points leader, I will defend the stick. And Messer Engine, I challenge you. All right, let's do it. All right, everybody. Well, here we go.
All right, everyone, we are starting. We have BBR Jolly in the white corner, leading no one because of the new format in Gen 5 where you get to pick what you start with at the start. And then we have Mezzer Engine in the black corner, and I'm not going to repeat that, but you guys know. Are you two ready? Yep. Let's do it. All right, you two may begin. BBR Jolly starts out with his Pansier, and Mezzer Engine starts with Funky, his Pansage, and Zipromax is the Pansier. I apologize. Mezzer Engine switches into Slippy, his Timple, and Ziframax uses Yawn to cause Slippy to become drowsy. Fucking Yawn. VR Jolly switches into Lipitor, his Watchhog, and Mezzer Engine also switches into Tom Nook, his Watchhog. They're very angry, staring at each other while waving their tails with their arms crossed. VR Jolly switches back into Ziframax's pants here. It is hit with a Confuse Ray. It is now confused. Ziffermax hits itself in confusion and takes a critical hit crunch, and it is gone. Tom Nook does not fucking care. Tom Nook is going for some debt. <laughs> he wants his goddamn he money. He wants those bells. Out comes Lasix, the Duot from BBR Jelly. A razor shell from Lasix hits Tom Nook down to 51% HP. It recovers with a Orenberry. It also lowers Tom Nook's defense. But Tom Nook uses hypnosis and causes Lasix to go to sleep. Bebear Jolly switches into Zyprexa, his Zubat, or not Zubat, uh, his Zubat, <laughs> who takes a crunch on the switch for 70 per- 70% of its health. I was really, really hoping that you were going to swap uh, to get rid of that defense down. A heart stamp from Zyprexa hits Tom Nook for 41% of its health and also causes him to flinch. Another heart stamp finishes off Tom Nook. General Pepper that hurtier, the most scary thing that Mez has, comes out from the field. It takes a heart stamp from Zyprexa, but it does not flinch, and it hits Zyprexa for retaliate, finishing it off. Lipitor, Jelly's Watchhog, comes out. Babam comes out for Mezzer Engine, taking a hypnosis on the switch. It is now asleep. It has a feel, bitch. <laughs> yeah, feels like being a rock. Lipitor uses Workup, raising his attack. Bob-omb is still asleep. Lipitor uses Crunch, hitting Bob-omb for 47% of its health and lowering its defense. A second Crunch finishes off Bob-omb. Lipitor! Out comes General Pepper again. A Detect protects Lipitor, while General Pepper uses Workup. I knew that was coming, but I had to do it. Yeah, if you didn't, that could have turned out real bad. Mm-hmm. A Takedown from General Pepper knocks his Lipitor down to 24% health, but it recovers with its berry. It is now at 41%. And a hypnosis from Lipitor puts General Pepper to sleep. General Pepper is now at 55% health after the recoil. Medley, the Padalip, comes out from Mezzer Engine, taking a crunch on the switch. It eats an orange berry, so it's at 50% health after everything. A quick attack from Medley hits Lipitor down to 4%, and another crunch finishes off Medley. Funky comes out from Mezzer Engine. What is that Pan Sage going to do? A Vine Whip from Funky hits Lipitor and finishes it off. Curse you, speed-reducing nature! Alexa comes out for Bigar Jolly, his Audino, also known as Mini Chansey. Funky sets up a Leech Seed, and Alexa uses Retaliate, hitting Funky for 80% of its health. After recovery from the Leech Seed, that's 36% health. Funky then uses Thief, stealing Alexa's berry so it can heal itself. And then Alexa uses Secret Power, hitting Funky for 44% of its health. After everything, that leaves Funky at 33% health, and Alexa at 69% health. That was really rude, and I didn't appreciate it. 
A Fury Swipes from Funky hits Alexa for 4% five times and hits Alexa down to 48% health. Selexa... Of course it hits five times. Why would it not hit five times? Alexa <laughs> then finishes off Funky with Secret Power. General Pepper comes out. He is still sleeping. Or no, she is still sleeping. I apologize. And General Pepper stays asleep. And Lasix comes out to his sleep as well. It is now a sleep battle. They're both snoring. All the naps. General Pepper doesn't care though and wakes up and hits Lasix with a takedown. Knocking Lasix down to 39% health. The recoil hits General Pepper down low enough to use its berry. And then in the next turn, General Pepper finishes off Lasix. It's at 53% health after recoil. Selexa comes back out for Jolly. A takedown from General Pepper knocks Selexa down to 47% health. And then a retaliate from Selexa finishes off General Pepper. Slippy comes out for Mazer Engine. Slippy sets up an Ocarina Ring, so it will heal every turn. And Levaquin comes out for BBR Jolly, that Padove. A Bubble Beam from Slippy hits Levaquin down to 50% health about, and then it uses a Berry to recover. It's at 66%. And then Levaquin uses Workup, raising its attack and special attack. Another Bubble Beam from Slippy hits Levaquin down to 14% health, and an Air Cutter from Levaquin hits Slippy down to 67% health. A Quick Attack from Levaquin hits Slippy down to 45% health after a Berry. And another Bubble Beam from Slippy finishes off Levaquin. Selexa comes out for BBR Jelly. A Bubble Beam from Slippy hits Selexa down to 59% health. A Retaliate from Selexa finishes off Slippy. Thus, BBR Jelly wins this first match. Good game. Good game, mess. That weird fucking ear monster, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made a critical error in not just taking bob out when he napped. To stop you from being able to sleep other things. And it cost me quite badly. But that's that's the way she rolls. There were a couple of places where we both misplayed. But I think overall it was a good match. Good game, Mess. Good game. Alright, well as always, Loser gives up the stick. And this time that's going to be Mess. Which means that my next opponent will be Celeste. Messer Engine, the microphone is yours, sir. Alright. Okay. So, uh, in the white corner, Jolly, defending his uh, beatdown of, of myself, uh, is bringing his Duat Swoobat, Padove, Watchhog, uh, Audino, and Panseer. And Celeste, over in the black corner, has brought her Swoobat, Servine, Panpour, Sock, Lipard, and Watchhog. Are you two ready to do the thing? Yep, let us do the thing. All right, you may begin. So Jolly opens up with Lipitor, that Watchhog, and Celeste opens up with New, who is that Swoobat. New uses Thief uh, and steals Lipitor's Chesto Berry and does just a little bit of damage, bringing him down to 89%. Lipitor, meanwhile, uses Hypnosis, putting New to sleep. Uh, out comes Panpour For Celeste, Lipitor uses Workup, raising that attack and special attack. He's going to crunch on Ook. Bring Ook pretty low, but after Barry, uh, Ook's up to 65%. Uh, The the monkey opts to lick Lipitor, which does not go real great because Lipitor is immune. Lipitor proceeds to crunch one more time, bringing Ook down to 4%, and Ook uses Bite and brings Lipitor down to 70%. Yeah, that was a big mistake. One more crunch, and Ook is down. Who will Celeste bring out next? Out comes Powerhouse, the Sock, doing his little fighty dance. 
Uh, Zaprexa, the Swoobat, comes out for Jolly as Powerhouse uses Workup. And out goes Powerhouse in favor of New, the Swoobat, who switches in to a Gus, bringing New down to 75%. Out comes Lipitor once more to face the sleeping New. Lipitor is at 70%. New is still sleeping at 75%. Out comes Neko, Nico, the Lipard for Celeste. It takes a crunch on the switch in and is only down to 82% because it is not very effective. And they're staring each other down. Uh, a pursuit from Nico was a good call. Does a crap ton of damage uh, to Libtor on the way out, but does not KO at. KO at? KO it? Uh, Celexa comes out, the Audino, for Jolly. Nico uses Thief and steals the Citrus Berry from Selexa. Selexa uses Secret Power, uh, blasting Nico, forcing it to eat its berry. It is at 73%. Selexa is at 83%. Sand Attack reduces Selexa's accuracy. Doesn't stop it from Secret Powering one more time, bringing Nico down to 36%. Another Sand Attack lowers Selexa's accuracy further, but it ain't having none of it, and Secret Power is Nico to death. Out comes Powerhouse once more for Celeste Lost. It retaliates on Zyprexa, bringing it down to 19%. That Swoobat came into a big old punch to the face. Out comes New. Uh, this, the Swoobat once more uh, gets hit with a critical hit gust, bringing it down uh, low and then once again uh, and out. Uh, because it just remained napping forever. So out comes Basic, the Watch Hog for Celeste, to face down Zyprexa, the Swoobat, at 19%. Thief from Zyprexa steals the Orinberry from Basic. Basic, however, utilizes Retaliate and drops Zyprexa. Out comes Zithromax, the Panseer for Jolly. Uh, it gets confused uh, and uses Yawn. So now Basic is drowsy and Zithromax is confused and... This is just looking like a regular old party. Everybody switches out. Powerhouse, the sock, comes out for Celeste Loss. Lasix comes out for Jolly. That doo-wop. A low sweep from Powerhouse brings Lasix down to 49%. Lasix returns that attack with Razor Shell, bringing Powerhouse to 56%. Another low sweep drops Lasix. Out comes Zithromax once more. To face this mighty, mighty sock. Uh, it low sweeps, bringing Zithromax down, forcing it to eat its berry. It is now at 25% health. It yawns and makes Powerhouse drowsy, forcing it out. In basic, the uh, watch up comes out for Celeste. Straight into an incinerate, but it ain't got no berry left, so it don't care. Basic is at 77%. It crunches and drops Zithromax. And out comes Celexa. For Jolly, that good Regenerator Audino, it utilizes Retaliate despite the confusion and drops Basic to 27%. A crunch from Basic brings Selexa down to 81%. Selexa uses Attract, uh, forcing Basic to fall in love with its like white fluffy tail. Uh, Selexa manages to fight through that nonsense, crunch again, bringing Selexa down to 64%. Selexa uses Secret Power and finishes off Basic, but out comes Powerhouse, the Sock, one more time. 
Lipitor comes out and takes the low sweep, probably a, a setup move there, I imagine, for the the revenge pig monster. We're gonna it's re, the revenge killer pig monster. That's what it is from now on. Out comes selects the Audino one more time. Python uh, comes out for Celeste, straight into a Retaliate, and is brought low enough to eat its berry, and is at 61%. A Leech Seed uh, comes out of Python to get some health back, but it gets attracted. Celexa strutting her stuff. She swaps out for Leviquin, the Pedove, and Python works up. Leaf Tornado is resisted, but still brings Leviquin down to 58%. And a quick attack from Leviquin finishes off Python. Out comes Powerhouse, who is at a disadvantage against the Pedove. I can't believe I even said those words. Uh, a quick attacks, a critical hit, bringing Powerhouse down low, but it eats its berry and is back at 50%. Now it is Selexa the Audino versus Powerhouse the Sock, the one-on-one battle to decide it all, but Selexa is bulky and at 100%, uh, and Powerhouse uh, is just dead because Retaliating Pig Monster is Retaliating Pig Monster. Good game. Good game, and congrats to Jolly for sweeping PvP this week. Good job. That bulky-ass ear monster is my new best friend. I love it. <laughs> Regenerator at the st- stage of the game is really, really broken. It's really good. It also gets Stab Retaliate, which is is no joke mm-hmm. still, even on the Zaudino. I mean, it's coming off of a disgustingly low attack stat, but yes. <laughs> retaliate still hurts. It's, it's, yeah, it won't, Retaliate still hurts at a base 140 when it's broken. It won't be good later on, but it's it's really good early game because the stats aren't that big at the moment. All right. Well, I was expecting to lose both of those matches, and I won them both. So, hooray! Uh, and that leaves us with one match on the evening, which is, of course, going to be Messer Engine versus Celeste for all of the remaining PvP points on the week. And in the the shadowy corner, maybe, uh, we have Messer Engine, who is leading out with his Hurtier, his Pan Sage, his Watchhog, his Roggen Rolla, his Pedove, and his Temple. We knew that. He's only got six Pokemon. But Celeste actually had some decisions to make for her roster this week, and she is bringing her Swoobats, her Servine, her Panpour, her Sock, her Lipard, and her Watchhog. That same strong roster she brought against myself. Folks, are are you ready? Yep. Yes. All right. You may begin. Okay. And Messer Engine is going to lead out with Medley, his sweet baby burb, his Pedove, while Celeste is leading with New, her Swoobat. And Medley comes right back out in favor of Bob-omb the Rog and Rolla, who switches into a thief from New, taking his Orenberry. How rude. And New goes for the Heart Stamp, which outspeeds and is a crit, dealing 49% damage to Bob-omb. New don't care. However, Bob-omb hits back with the Rock Blast, which hits three times and is more than enough to bring down the Swoobat. Nako the Lipard coming out for Celeste. And Bob-omb attempts to retreat, but is hit... Or no, does not attempt to retreat. Excuse me. That, uh... That animation is misleading. Uh, <laughs> Nico outspeeds with pursuit, dealing 28% to Bob-omb, leaving him with a sliver of health. Bob-omb hits back with Rock Blast, which only hits twice this time, dealing a total of 37% damage. And Nico goes back to the pursuit, which is enough to bring the rock down. 
Dwayne the Rock Johnson has fallen. And out comes General Pepper, that beast mode pupper. And Nako goes for the sand attack, trying desperately to avoid being hit with the retaliate that she knows is coming and that hits regardless, bringing down the cat. Dogs beat cats, even in Pokemon. Basic, that basic bitch of a watchhog comes out for Celeste. And General Pepper comes back out in favor of Tom Nook. It is Rat v. Rat, and Tom Nook eats the Retaliate on the swap for roughly 70% of his health. He eats an Orenberry and is back up to 49%, just under half. Basic outspeeds and hits Tom Nook with a Confuse Ray. Tom Nook fights through his own confusion to hit Basic with a Confuse Ray. It is a Confused Rat party. This seems vaguely familiar <laughs> to, to last season. This reminds me of that that scene from The Office where they all have finger guns pointed at each other. <laughs> oh my god. Ed Basic comes back out in favor of Ook the Panpour. Tom Nook snapped out of his confusion immediately. Tom Nook giving no fucks uh, and hits with a crunch for 35% of Ook's health. Tom Nook goes back to the crunch for another 38%. Ook eats an Orenberry and is back up to 46 total. Uh, Ook hits back with a bite for 17% of Tom Nook's health. Tom Nook uses Cut, hoping maybe that it'll hit a little bit harder. Deals a little bit less damage, actually, at 36%. Ook uses Water Gun, probably also hoping for a little bit more damage and deals a little bit less. Tom Nook is at a sliver at 16% health, but is able to outspeed and KO Ook with another crunch. And out comes Basic, the Watchhog. And Basic clicks Retaliate, and that's more than enough to bring Tom Nook down. Out comes General Pepper once again. And Basic does outspeed and uses Confuse Ray, and General Pepper is confused and hits itself in confusion, preventing the Retaliate. That is potentially huge. And General Pepper comes back out in favor of Hunky... Funky... In favor of Hunky? In favor of... Funky Kong, the Pan Sage, who eats a crunch on the switch for 41%. Uh, Basic goes back to the crunch, dealing another 37%. Funky uses Leech Seed and deals a little bit of damage, gets a little bit of health. Basic goes back to the crunch and down goes Funky Kong as well. General Pepper comes out one Mogan. And Basic comes back out in favor of Python the Servine, who eats the Retaliate on the swap for 75% of his health, eats an Orenberry, and is back up to 41%. General Pepper comes back out in favor of Medley, the Padove, who takes a Leech Seed on the swap. Python is back up to 51%. Python uses Leaf Tornado, which misses. Medley uses Air Cutter, which also misses. Python is back up to 61%. Medley's down to 77% after another turn of Leech Seed. Fuck you, Medley. <laughs> and Medley eats a Leaf Tornado, which is not very effective, deals 27%, causes Medley to eat her Orenberry back up to... I don't even remember because then Leech Seed happened. Medley's at 57%. Python's at 41 Medley takes another Leaf Tornado for for 27% and loses accuracy. Uh, Medley uses Roost and heals up. At the end of the turn, Medley's at 69%. Python's at 51 Another Leaf Tornado. Medley's down to 40%. Medley uses Workup. Down to 28% at the end of the turn. Python's back up to 61 Python uses Tackle, brings Medley down to 6%. Medley uses Roost, is at 46% at the end of the turn. Python's back up to 71. God damn it, Leech Seed is annoying. Python goes back to the Leaf Tornado. Medley goes back to the Roost. At the end of the turn, Python is at 81. Medley is at 57. Python goes back to the Leaf Tornado. Medley uses Air Cutter and it misses. Python's at 91%. Medley's at 20 
Medley uses Quick Attack and then goes down to another Leaf Tornado. At least she is no longer healing the snake. That was like the worst. <laughs> uh, and General Pepper comes back out from Esser Engine. Python goes for the Leech Seed and misses. And then General Pepper does his dirty, dirty work. Out comes Powerhouse the Sock. And General Pepper comes back out in favor of Slippy the Temple, who is a sacrifice! Uh, Slippy eats a low sweep on the switch for 96% of his health. Jesus Christ, Powerhouse. Uh, and his speed falls. Uh, Slippy eats its orange berries back up to 23%. Obviously, that doesn't matter. And Slippy goes down the following turn. General Pepper comes back out at 82%. Powerhouse is removed in favor of Basic the Watchhog, who eats the Retaliate on the swap. Uh, it deals 72% after the Orenberry. Basic is at 34% total health. And Basic uses Confuse Ray. General Pepper is now confused, but goes down to a takedown. General Pepper is at 73% and confused. Powerhouse is Celeste's final remaining Pokemon. It is at full health. And it uses low sweep, outspeeding, and that is more than enough to take out General Pepper. The winner is Celeste. Good game. Good game. All right, so after PvP this evening, I, Jolly by Nature, have solidified my lead with 60 big PvP points. I now sit at a score of 290. Celeste remains in second place. She has made up for the easy mode gym that she pursued this week and has kind of re-extended her lead over Messer Engine. She has a score of 240 and Messer Engine remains in third place with his score of 210. Uh, how do we feel after PvP this week, guys? Eh, not great, but it's whatever. It was good. I made some very big mistakes for you, Jolly. And that cost me a lot, but I feel good about it. Well, good. I'm, again, I, I'm in no position to complain. I fully expected to lose both my matches this week, and I won them both. So, hooray! <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that Audino was, was real mm -hmm. good for you this week. Uh, very valuable. MVP pick. Yeah, she again, she's not going to stay that good. Her base stats aren't good enough. But for this early in the game, that, that'll do, pig. That'll do. This is probably better. Than a lot of things that you could have gotten. I really wanted the penis monster, but I'll I'll be happy with the weird ear pig. <laughs> Holy crap, sockets so hard. Yeah, yeah. I was I was not super happy that you caught that, but that is Me what neither. it is. It's going to be very fun to use that when it gets some stronger moves. It was a ten percent, ten percent encounter chance. <laughs> but as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Well, there goes this week's PvP match against Celeste." <laughs> thing is so fucking deadly against normal types of which my team most teams in an early run have many yeah i screwed up on jolly and gave him the window to use audino to retaliate and kill powerhouse but uh that's stupid I mean, like that's stupid I'm, I'm not really sure what alternative that you really had like i i had the bird out you were gonna have to kill it to get me out mm -hmm. it is what it is yep they were good matches all right, well, that was that was week two, guys. So let's go ahead and take a quick peek at what week three has in store for us. And not a lot, honestly. It's kind of a skimpy one, but it's a really cool one. So I'm looking forward to it. This week, our heroes will pursue Team Plasma through the Pinwheel Forest to recover that stolen dragon bone. We must pre prevent the Omega Cubone. Uh, we will brave rangers and bugs and all sorts of unpleasantness to recover a moldy old Dragonite skull while our friends wait in relative comfort and safety, the bastards. 
We will then head through the forest to reach the Sky Arrow Bridge and cross it to reach the crown jewel of Unova, Castelia City. We'll have our work cut out for us with one of the largest cities in the Pokemon world waiting to be explored, and not all is peaceful in Castelia. Team Plasma is once again up to no good, and we'll have to work with Berg of Castelia City Gym and the mysterious Iris to restore relative peace to the city. Finally, when we are ready, we will challenge Berg in the Castelia City Gym for our third gym badge. Now, Berg is a bug-type specialist. He has a Whirlipede, a Dwebble, and a Levani on his team, and his signature move is Struggle Bug. Our level limit for this week's gameplay is 23. How are we feeling going into week three of gameplay, guys? Bug is not something that I really want to deal with right now with what my team looks like and how little we have for options, but it is it is what it is. Funky ain't going to be saving the day at that gym. Yeah, Bug is actually a scary type in Gen 5. Yeah, and he's got a lot of diversity within that three-bug team. So Berg, Berg is genuinely scary in, in a Nuzlocke setting. So it's going to be real interesting. We also can't really count on the Nuzlocke gods giving us a lot of powerful new options to game things with this week because we get literally one encounter inside the Pinwheel Forest. That's That's all that's on our tables this week. So... Hopefully it's a good one. I have my fingers crossed like a motherfucker for a goddamn Venipede. I would shit myself to get that fucking uh, Centaur Centipede motherfucker. Please, please, Nuzlocke gods, give me my bugo friend. That would be probably the best encounter for all of us to get. Yeah, I have not looked at uh, what is available on routes yet. I'll be doing that tomorrow before stream time. All right, guys. Well, that is the show. And of course, we do want to let you guys know when you can expect to find us streaming. Messer Engine tomorrow, clearly. Um, and Mess, when exactly can our listeners expect to find you live on stream? Uh, at my normal time, 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern time at uh, twitch.tv slash Engine. Awesome. Thank you, Mess. And as always, I will be up to stream next. I'm up second to bat, and I will be streaming on Tuesday evening, 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash jollybynature. This coming Friday will actually be our Friday night fight stream for Yeveltal, which was our showdown spotlight last week. And that is actually going to be over on Messer Engine's channel as well. So look forward to that over on twitch.tv slash Messer Engine. Uh, and that'll be a, a 9 p.m. Eastern stream, as is our normal start time for that. So be sure to get your Yeveltal-centric teams submitted, whether they are for use in Uber singles, whether they are for use in Sun Series, uh, VGC 2019, or I don't think there exists another metagame where Yeveltal is relevant, but if you can find a way to use him somewhere else, fucking go for it, and we'll give it a whirl on Showdown. It's going to be a lot of fun, so look forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be real good. Playing in Uber's tier was kind of interesting for that, so yeah, looking forward to it. Awesome, and of course that does leave our good friend Celeste. Celeste, when can our listeners expect to find you live and streaming on Twitch? So I'll be streaming Thursday evening at 7.30pm Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv slash Lost. And if a second night is needed, it'll be the next Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Awesome. Thank you so much. Now, as always, guys, just remember that we do want to hear from you. We want those emails, whether you are playing along with us at home, doing your own 
doing your own dirt in the Pokemon world, doing your own super cool and fun challenge run stuff. I've actually been doing my own super fun challenge run on the side. I've been running a shiny lock of Pokemon Ultra Sun in German because why the fuck not? Actually for breeding purposes, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and I've been talking about that over on Twitter. So that's kind of cool if you want to check out all the cool shinies I'm getting and all of the fun language translation things that I'm finding, like the ass trainers. That's, that's really cool. Um, but if you're doing something cool and interesting and different like that we want to hear about what you're up to um or if you just want to give us your thoughts and feelings on the show the podcast what we're doing please send those emails to blastburnradio at gmail.com or tweet the show uh get at us on facebook leave us reviews on itunes please it's been a while since i got real preachy about the itunes reviews but they're really really super important guys like a lot of you found us through spotify because we're really visible on spotify we can be really visible on itunes too with your help if you haven't done so yet already please consider rating and reviewing the show it only takes a few minutes and it is it is an unspeakably huge help in helping us find new audience now as always you can follow me personally at bbr jolly on twitter i'm at Sliss lost and i'm at Mr. engine and as always, don't forget to check out Mythic Portal Games for all of your online role-playing assets. Uh, they have stuff that's available on the Roll20 Marketplace. They have a partnership with the best up-and-coming virtual tabletop on the market, which is Astral VTT. Uh, so if you're in the market for a gaming space, be sure to check out Astral as well. And don't forget to follow the show at Blastburn Radio on Twitter and Facebook to stay up-to-date on what all of our hosts are doing around the web. I do want to thank everyone for joining us today i want to give a very special thank you as always to my co-host messer engine and celeste for blast burn radio i am jolly by nature thank you for listening and we will see you next time we'll see you next time folks see you next time not week but you know section bye (laughs) blast burn radio is a production of challenge accepted media this episode was produced by jolly by nature celeste the lost and messer engine Pokemon and all related games and characters are the property and trademark of Nintendo, Game Freak, and the Pokemon Company. Opening music in today's episode includes Game On by Fishy, off the OC Remix album, The Missing No Tracks. Check out this great album at missingno.ocremix.org. Battle music in today's episode provided by Glitch X City. Check out all her work on YouTube or SoundCloud at Glitch X City. Closing music in today's episode is A Lullaby for Trains off the Pokemon Black and White Super Music Collection, available on iTunes. Design work and stream assets provided by Rachel Mondragon. Check out her other work or contact her for commissions on Twitter at Rachichu. Blastburn Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content.